From Susan G. Komen, this is Real Pink, a podcast exploring real stories, struggles, and triumphs related to breast cancer. We're taking the conversation from the doctor's office to your living room. Metastatic breast cancer, also called stage four, is when breast cancer is spread beyond the breast to other parts of the body. It's normal to feel overwhelmed and scared when you're living with metastatic breast cancer, but you're not alone. Thousands of people in the U.S. and around the world are living with metastatic breast cancer, and Susan G. Komen offers many support resources to help you through its patient care center, where patient navigators are available to help provide you with information about metastatic breast cancer, information about clinical trials, access to resources, emotional support, and more. Joining us today is Tony Lee, Senior Manager of Patient Navigation. Tony is also a breast cancer survivor herself, so this work is very personal for her. Tony will help us understand how Komen's Patient Care Center supports those currently living with metastatic breast cancer and their caregivers. Tony, welcome to the show. Well, good afternoon. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you, and this is such an important topic, so I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to it. So the doorway to Komen's Patient Care Center is the free breast care helpline. A call to the helpline gets people immediately connected to a patient navigator like you, and you can help people across the country no matter where they live. We know that each person who reaches out is an individual person with a unique situation. So why is it so important for Komen's navigators to understand the differing needs of those living with metastatic breast cancer versus those that are diagnosed at an earlier stage? Yeah. Um, so first, I'd just like to, um, you know, from my own personal experience, acknowledge that, you know, anytime you receive a cancer diagnosis, no matter what stage, it can be very overwhelming and frightening. Um, but we definitely acknowledge and recognize that those that are diagnosed uh, with a metastatic uh, breast cancer diagnosis, um, you know, that can be very devastating. Um, and so I think it's important that our navigators um, understand, and they are aware, um, that those living with metastatic breast cancer do have different needs. Um, they often present with um, a unique set of challenges. Um, some examples or conversations that we've had with many of our metastatic breast cancer patients that we're navigating, um, you know, they often are faced with a challenge about how to talk to their family. You know, how do they communicate that this um, disease has no cure um, and that it is terminal? Um, and that then presents, you know, some unique emotional needs. Um, they have to consider legal needs for end of life care. Um, you know, do they have a will in place? Will they have to create one? Um, you know, do they have advanced directives in place? Uh, what about life insurance? Do they even have a policy? Do they have an, uh, an adequate policy to help cover those end-of-life expenses to help alleviate the burden from their family uh, once they're gone? Um, they have to consider employment needs. You know, this is going to be um, ongoing treatment. This is for the remainder of my life. Will I be able to continue to work? Um, will I have to modify how I work or the type of work that I do? Will I have to take medical leave? Um, and then, you know, they also have to consider, I think, what's different from early stage uh, breast cancer is, you know, there is no end date to their treatment. This is going to be ongoing um, until they, you know, consider the fact that they may have to stop treatment or, you know, they're going to have to consider that eventually their treatments are going to stop working and they have to think about new ones. 
they have to be aware of um, research and all of the kind of new um, emerging therapies that are coming out. What are the latest clinical trials that are coming out? So I think just to tie it all in, it's, you know, the unique needs is it's going to be ongoing and consistent. And there's some additional layers that MBC patients have to consider. And I think, you know, Coleman navigators, we're having those conversations with the patients so that we can best identify their needs and then that we can train and equip our navigators um, with the tools and the resources that they need to best support those metastatic breast cancer patients. Awesome. I love that. Uh, and, th- and thank you for sort of sort of breaking down uh, those differences. That really is very helpful. Um, so, so how do the Coleman patient navigators support individuals living with MBC and getting the most out of their care teams? And what kind of conversations do you have with them about clinical trials? Yeah. Um, navigators support individuals living with metastatic breast cancer by ensuring that they are connected to high quality care. And we do this um, through empowering the patient um, by providing like some self-advocacy tips to enhance that patient provider communication. Um, and some of those tips are, you know, we definitely encourage and recommend our patients that they educate themselves on their specific diagnosis, you know, do your research. Um, and then we'd like to educate them about, um, you know, who on their care team um, is going to be the right person to address their needs. And then just educating them about, you know, you're going to have a multidisciplinary team um, that takes care of you. You know, you're going to see many different providers and just being able to understand their roles um, Mm. helps to really kind of optimize the care that you get from each provider, right? Um, Another way that we help um, support to get the most out of their care team um, is helping to, you know, um, formulate uh, questions to ask the doctor ahead of um, ahead of time, ahead of their appointments, so that they can maximize their time with their providers and get the answers that they need to their questions. And in fact, Coleman has a tool um, called Questions Ask the Doctor that we can provide, or we can help formulate a list of questions. Um, another important piece that I like to educate our metastatic patients on um, is being part of what they call the shared decision-making process. It's very empowering and important that the patient communicate their preferences and their values um, when determining a treatment plan and that they work together with the provider to come up, what is the best treatment plan for me? And then lastly, too, um, we often hear, um, you know, whether it's at the time of diagnosis or, you know, they've been working with this provider and in treatment for, for a year or more you know, that they're, they feel they're not being heard um, or they think that the treatment is not working, you know, don't be afraid to seek a second opinion. Um, I've often, you know, had conversations with our patients and say, you know, I don't want to offend my provider. I don't want to hurt their feelings. Um, and in fact, most providers are actually very supportive and encourage seeking a second or third opinion. And they can often be the kind of the gatekeeper to that. They can help facilitate that process by doing that kind of peer-to-peer referral. And then Coleman's navigators can also support that process by, you know, again, you know, helping you to check your insurance coverage, make sure, you know, those providers are in network or doing the research of what cancer centers or other oncology providers are are near you um, and helping you to facilitate those questions again, like what would you ask um, at a second opinion called consult. And then lastly, I think something else new that I learned recently that, um, I mean, we think you seek a second opinion, you have to leave this provider. Well, oftentimes, you know, multiple providers will work together so that you can remain with your existing provider, but still get um, 
that specialty care that you're seeking um, as they work together with a treatment plan. I, I did not realize that. That's great. Yeah. As far as um, clinical trial conversations, I think um, our navigators, we mostly provide education around clinical trials, like how to research them, make sure you're using a reputable site, you know, how to connect to them. Sometimes that's just you know, asking if there's a clinical trial coordinator or, or nurse or research coordinator within your cancer center that can really, you know, lay out the options and see if there are some clinical trials that you're eligible for. Um, and I always like to just mention, too, with my experience and Coleman, you know, always looking through this health equity lens, we often hear from many of our metastatic breast cancer patients who come from historically marginalized communities or communities of color that clinical trials are not even offered. Um, mm -hmm. So I like to make sure that my patients are educated and that they know that they can at least ask if that is an option um, and if there is a trial available for them. And, you know, and two, and then Coleman's navigation services, you know, we're virtual and we're accessible no matter where someone lives. Um, one of the barriers too that metastatic patients will talk about um, is that, you know, they may live in a rural area and they don't have access to the academic and the research cancer centers or, you know, they don't have access to those specialists who specialize in, you know, this treatment. Um, so we're there to help, you know, research and facilitate or maybe transportation is an issue there. It's far away. And so we can maybe look at are there resources available that can support the transport to get you to those academic and research centers. Mm. Well, that's great. That's great. It sounds like a, a lot of a lot of support there. That's, that's fantastic. So, uh, so I understand that metastatic breast cancer treatments have you know some side effects. Um, how are you able to help guide patients through managing side effects and controlling pain? And, and what role does support in palliative care play when guiding patients through sort of managing those side effects? Yeah. Um, so I think I'll just circle back again to the. Uh, self-advocacy tips and this patient empowerment that our navigators provide. Um, not only is it important to be part of that shared decision-making process when you're initiating treatment or determining a treatment plan, um, it's important to continue to take that active role um, throughout treatment. That includes, you know, side effect management. Um, I've had many conversations with um, some of my local metastatic breast cancer patients that, you know, they say, you know, I'm experiencing these side effects or I'm having pain. And I'll ask, have you, you know, informed your provider? And they'll say no. And I say, why? And they say, because, you know, I think I've been doing this treatment and that's just what it comes with. And I just kind of figured I have to accept it. Um, so I definitely like to educate them that please speak up. Mm -hmm. Make sure that you are informing your provider of any side effects or pain or any new symptom so that they can, one, they may have some therapeutic, um, you know, remedies for the side effects um, and pain, um, and they may be able to adjust your treatment so that you can maintain quality of life. Um, and I think another kind of way that navigators can support is to um, facilitate a referral or educate about palliative care or integrative medicine. A lot of cancer centers now are starting to have these integrative medicine um, clinics within the cancer center. Um, and, and really sometimes what it requires is just a referral from the provider. Um, and those can be very helpful in managing pain and side effects. Um, and so that they can still maintain that quality of life. It's always a balance, you know? Hmm. Um, that's good. Okay. So, so and that's, that's great advice. So, 
so next I want to talk about financial toxicity. Um, so what is it, first of all, and how does it affect metastatic breast cancer patients and what kind of resources are there available to help with that? Yeah, so Coleman actually just put out um, a white paper on financial toxicity. Um, and in that report, it stated that up to 73% of adult cancer survivors experience financial toxicity, or that's also the damage that's inflicted on a person on personal finances by the out-of-pocket costs for their medical care due to a cancer diagnosis. Mm. Um, and it also reported that breast cancer is one of the most expensive forms of cancer to treat. And we know that late stage or advanced, um, you know, cancers are very expensive, those treatments. Mm -hmm. um, and almost 50% of breast cancer patients report that even mild financial toxicity affects treatment choices, their quality of life, medication adherence, bankruptcy rates, and even mortality. And so one of the ways that our navigators can support um, our metastatic breast cancer patients and helping to, you know, either reduce the risk of financial toxicity or prevent financial toxicity um, is we often review and make sure, optimize, um, make sure that patients understand that they should be optimizing their insurance coverage. Well, you might be wondering, well, what does that look like? Um, so those would be things that, you know, we can review the plan with them to make sure that they have adequate coverage, um, that they understand what a deductible and their out-of-pocket expenses are, what's copay versus coinsurance, understanding that insurance terminology. Um, and an example of having um, adequate coverage, oftentimes um, many of our Medicare uh, recipients, um, we assess that, you know, are you also eligible for Medicaid? Because they, they refer to that as a dual eligible. And because Medicaid can help offset the premium costs, it may actually fill in some of that 20% um, that patients are often responsible when they have Medicare. Um, or do you need to up your coverage and change plans? Well, changing plans isn't as easy as let me just go tomorrow and change my health insurance plan. Often that only occurs when there's an open enrollment period. So whether you have employer-based coverage, there's usually a set time that you can change your plan. Whether you are seeking, um, you know, plans through the affordable ACA marketplace or the Obamacare plans, you know, open enrollment begins November 1st. Medicare has an open enrollment period. Um, but at least knowing that they could, but they do have to be aware of when they can. Um, and then also, I think um, one of the most underutilized resources <laughs> when it comes to preventing financial toxicity or reducing that risk is knowing that you can, um, if you have a, like a claim denial from your insurance, insurance company, you know, do an appeal. Um, our navigators can provide a checklist for the appeal process. We can help you determine, you know, what paperwork you need to get together, what steps you need to take. And then don't be afraid to ask your provider, pull your provider in, have them go to bat for you. Oftentimes, you know, their clout, their weight, when they say that this is medically necessary and that you have to have this treatment, and particularly with our met, uh, metastatic patients, uh, they often are in need of many different scans and PET scans in particular usually come back denied. Or sometimes their oral chemo meds, um, if it's a brand new medication, insurance isn't covering, it's denied. Um, or even with insurance, those things can be thousands of dollars a month. So don't be afraid to pull your provider in to go to bat for you. And then I think there's a statistic that even, you know, once you submit an appeal, 60 to 70 percent of appeals result in an approval. 
Um, and then lastly, I think our navigators, we assist with, um, you know, applying for disability insurance. Again, what are the steps that you need to take? What are What's the documentation that you'll need? Um, and then we leverage other financial assistance resources, such as Coleman's Financial Assistance Program. Is there a uh, drug manufacturer prescription assistance program that can cover the cost of those oral chemo meds and any other financial resources that can, you know, help to offset, you know, living expenses? That is a lot of stuff that you're able to cover. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm just, just hearing you talk about all the complexities, uh, yes. just even the insurance side. Like, I, I love that you're able to cover all that stuff. And, and speaking of, of more stuff than I even realized, um, so, so let's talk a little bit about caregivers. So um, I'm not sure that people know that the patient navigators working with Komen's Breast Care Helpline are actually available to support and assist caregivers as well, which I also did not realize until, until this conversation. So, so what unique challenges do caregivers face and how is Komen able to best support them? Yeah, um, we often have caregivers reach out to our helpline and definitely encourage any caregiver out there who's in need of assistance to please reach out um, and get connected to a navigator. Um, I think one of the unique challenges that caregivers face um, is they're often torn between like wanting to help but not sure on how best to support their loved one, um, or they may not be sure, like, what do I say? Um and just acknowledge, too, that caregivers also experience their own fear or worry. Um, and it's important for them to, you know, acknowledge those feelings and get the support that they need. Um, but oftentimes, you know, our navigators will emphasize the importance of just having that open and honest communication between the caregiver and their loved one. You know, have their loved one provide specifics on how they can help, how they can best support or ask, you know, what what is it that you do need help with? Um, you know, it could be they need help with the chores or they maybe they need, you know, you to transport them to and from their treatment appointments. Um, or, you know, maybe your loved one feels good and they feel well enough to continue to do some of those things. And so I think it's just one, have those specifics um, and that'll help kind of guide where you can best support and then just be mindful of your loved one's wishes. Um, and then make sure that you're the caregiver, that you're getting the support that you need. And our navigators can help, you know, make referrals to, you know, counseling services. Um, they do have caregiver support groups. Do you, are you in need of respite services? Do you need a social worker? And financial resources, too, they often call about that we can connect them to for their loved ones. And I, I love that you provide that support and that service. That's that's really amazing. It's so important. Yes. So, so Tony, at, at some point, patients may decide to stop treatment for metastatic breast cancer. How do patient navigators at Komen support people as they think through end-of-life options and care? Sure. Yeah, and this is definitely a, a tough point in someone's um, treatment yeah. journey. Um, I think individuals living with metastatic breast cancer, you know, they may decide to stop treatment for various reasons. Um, you know, like I mentioned earlier, they may have completed several lines of treatment and it's no longer working. Um, and maybe they would like to just preserve their quality of life um, for the remaining time that they have. And or maybe, you know, they received a diagnosis and decided initially that they don't want to do treatment. I think just being respectful of uh, their wishes is important. 
Um, and then our navigators can support um, by educating about hospice and palliative care options. Um, we can help facilitate or make referrals to those services. Um, again, we can assist with those kind of administrative pieces, um, like of having a will drafted. There are some um, sites where you can do that for free. Um, having advanced directives in place. Uh, we've assisted with some funeral preparations ahead of time. Um, and I think it's important, too, to note, you know, to have those conversations with your loved ones ahead of time um, so that when you do get to this point, um, you're able to just spend your remaining time comfortable with your family and friends. Um, we've often connected with spiritual chaplains at cancer centers. Um, so that's also an option for folks. And then we've even continued to do some check ins or follow up with the family after their loved one has passed. Um, to check in one to see how they're doing and then if they need any resources um, or support or bereavement um, resources too. So mm. tough, but um, we can still help support um, through end of life um, and get them the resources and the support that they need. You know, I love hearing that you, you know, follow up with the family and check in like that's, um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. wow. That's, yeah, we've sent some cards um, a couple yeah. times. So yeah, I think that's just, I think that's important piece of it too. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, uh, so Tony, you know, last question: um, Do you have any final thoughts or advice you'd like to leave our listeners with today? Yeah, um, so I think I mentioned before, um, Coleman actually recently just completed some um, metastatic breast cancer focus groups with both members um, from the metastatic community and patient navigators. And those conversations um, were around, you know, what are the unique needs of our metastatic breast cancer patients? And then what are the training needs or the tools that our navigators can, that need, um, that they need to support, better support those patients. And I think um, just know that those are gonna be ongoing conversations. And as we continue to learn and evolve and, and understand better the needs, then we can better equip our navigators with the tools and resources that they need to, to best support our metastatic community. And of course, if anyone is in need of navigation support, please contact our breast care helpline um, to get connected. Or if you're interested in learning more about Coleman's programs, um, you can visit Coleman.org. Tony, uh, this has been great information. I, I already, you know, really admired uh, the helpline. And now and I just talking to you, I just admire the work you do even more. Um, Thank you. I, I just hearing the details and the support and, and all of the things you're able to do is just is very inspiring. And yeah. I, really, I really appreciate the work yeah. that you do. We're here to help navigate this difficult journey. Um, so please reach out if you need assistance and um, we're happy to continue to support and learn how we can better support the metastatic breast cancer community. Thanks for listening to Real Pink, a weekly podcast by Susan G. Komen. For more episodes, visit realpink.komen.org. And for more on breast cancer, visit komen.org. Make sure to check out at Susan G. Komen on social media. I'm your host, Adam. You can find me on Twitter at AJ Walker or on my blog, adamjwalker.com.